Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Today we speak with Russell Torrance, Scotsman, musician, presenter on the ABC here in Australia, as we continue our series of guest spots talking about music, and we'll cover so much more. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining me for this, Bob's Your Uncle podcast, Season 1, Episode 27. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of my guests. You can now find us and comment directly to us wherever you get your podcasts. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple iTunes, the list goes on. We have a lot of topics to discuss, and even so, on the Bob's Your Uncle podcast, you are part of the show. In the weeks to come, we'll speak about pickleball again, rock music, Wars and rumors of wars. Let's see where the spirit leads us. Whether you're at home, online, on the road with me in your headset, at the gym, or out for your evening constitutional, wherever you get your podcast, that's where we will be. Thanks for being with us these 18 minutes. Are you going to be traveling soon? Contact Amanda McInnes, who's both my travel agent and one of the sponsors of this podcast. And it will help all three of us if you book your next trip with her, including hotel and flights and all things tourist. How do you reach her? Use the URL shortener, bit.ly, and you will get to her phone and her email. So type it into your browser just now, bit.ly stroke Amanda365. You'll find her photo, her information at travelpartners.com.au. Contact her directly for tours and flights, for cruises and deals. I've used her for years. She'll give you very good advice. Now, back to the podcast. Historical Marker of the Week On this date in history, 30 August, in 1800, Gabriel, a black bondsman, assembled an army of 1,000 enslaved people in the Commonwealth of Virginia in the first major slave rebellion in U.S. history. Unfortunately, alerted government officials thwarted the revolt and Gabriel and others were executed. In 1983, U.S. astronaut Guillaume S. Bluford Jr. became, on this day, the first black man to travel into space, serving as a mission specialist aboard the shuttle orbiter Challenger, and later flew on three other space missions. And that's the historical marker of the week. This is now the third part of a four-part series on music, and we've already talked with Rob Smith of Sydney and of EMU Music, about Christian music, with Charlie Woods in Nashville about country music and a bit of crossover, and both this week and next we welcome Russell Torrance, the ABC FM classical music breakfast presenter here in Australia, to speak about that genre of music. 
Russell Torrance, so glad to have you on the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> That's all right, Uncle Bob. I haven't called you uncle before, but is that okay? It's, it, it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Your career is front and center every day, Monday through Friday, with each breakfast on the ABC radio. And when you have guests on the show, you'll often ask them, how are you going? Uh, how are you really? Can I ask you that? Do you ever get asked, how are you? It's an interesting question. It's one of those questions that can is loaded. I mean, it's a lot of the time when I say, how are you in my show? It's a casual, how are you going? You know, how's your day going? But often, how are you is such an important question that we need to ask one another more. I mean, things can be frenetic, can't they, in life? And I've not shied away from the fact that I, I do suffer every now and again from mental health issues and depression, anxiety, etc etc and it's it, i like being asked how i am and i like checking in with colleagues and friends like how are you how are you going because often we 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 work in a vacuum don't we it doesn't matter i'm not talking just about the abc here i'm talking about any any environment you work in a, a vacuum and you you can put forward an impression of being great and getting things done and being high functioning and really you're not you're not fine. And so you need to ask people, how are you? I, I think we should all do it more often. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you 100%. I don't think until I was about 60 years old that I even realized, hey, you have feelings and you've got to deal yes. with these feelings. <laughs> is, that, is that a man thing, Bob, do you think? It was a man thing for me. I was born yeah. in 51 and, and real men don't eat quiche was a book <laughs> from the 70s you know we're real men and the macho man and all that and it was an it was a persona that i was not so i like you i really do appreciate someone who really does care and men I'm, don't men just don't do that men are, are traditionally in our culture terrible at talking about feelings and how they are you know and um and it, it's i don't like to discriminate between sexes and genders but it's it's something that that is bad for people who identify as men you know they they don't talk about things and a friend a friend of mine actually started a thing called the man walk and and it's just um a casual getting together on i think they do it on friday mornings um and it's just spread to so many different locations around australia but you just meet up you go for a walk for half an hour and have a coffee and there's no pressure to to discuss mental health or anything but it's um it's such a startlingly simple idea that and so many guys and women too are into it because they've got this place that is theirs. And when men often slot themselves into the traditional role of being the provider and being the stern father and, um, you know, being the serious professional or whatever they do with their lives and don't think about how they're feeling and don't think about what they need to do for themselves. So I think it's good to to ask how you are it's that sense of belonging that that friday morning walk brings yep i think loneliness which was aggravated by covid this isolationism, i guess into which we all stepped whether forced by our premier in whatever state we lived or by the country where we were this notion of loneliness could lead to loneliness but belonging, we could find, <laughs> you and I are on a Zoom call just now. Yes. Uh, and I listen to you most mornings on the ABC. And I, you know, you, you talk to us and 
it's not me and a guy named Larry down in Wollongong. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a tens of thousands of listeners at the same moment who are all feeling that sense of uh, connectedness. I like that. I'm really glad that that's, that comes across. I really am, Bob. It's funny what you say about COVID and having um, accent. For me, it's slightly different to how you described it. I think the COVID pandemic and lockdowns and the isolation we've all felt has shone a light on how isolated we were anyway um but now we're talking about it aren't we but it's out in the open but I I feel that before then we were very isolated I, I lived in Sydney for years I never really got to know a lot of my neighbors I and it was the same in London too and and we we've realized now how valuable that human interaction is because it was taken away from us and so maybe we're in better shape uh, you are well known as an ABC music presenter. So what triggered your own interest in music, whether it was back in your birthplace of Scotland, then you moved to Manchester in the UK? And what about it keeps you going here in Australia? That's a that's a very big question. Look, music, <clears throat> music's always been in my life. My parents um, are very musical. They, they're not professional. Um, they were never serious about musical instruments, but music's always been there. My my mom and dad both love music. We always had music on in the house, either in the car or on the radio or whatever. Um, my mom and dad met through amateur operatics, doing Gilbert and Sullivan and things like that. Huh. Um, and my mom carried on doing that when I was small. So music was all around, and I'm I'm probably one of the last generations that automatically expected to have a piano in the corner of the room at home. You know, I don't think we we have one now, a digital piano, but it's not the same as it used to be. It used to walk into pubs and the cat call, and there'd be a piano there. And um, but we had one in our house. We um, and so from as small as I can remember, I was allowed to bash away at the piano and figure things out. And I took piano lessons from the age of five or six. But but already I was already able to pick melodies out on the piano, and I've always been able to play by ear. Um, and it was something that was always encouraged, and we always enjoyed gathering around the piano and singing, or or whatever. That was typically how we rounded out a Sunday afternoon after a meal. Um, we, um, I did grow up going to church as well, and there was uh, a lot of music in the church too, in the Scottish church, which was good too. It was wonderful sense of the joy of singing that that I remember from those days. And then you mentioned I moved to Manchester. I did at the age of 11, and I was very lucky to move to an area that had great state school uh, music programs. So I was able to to learn the tuba <laughs> and the bassoon. That was the first one that I learned. But latterly, it was the tuba, and I dropped the bassoon as quickly as I could. But we had a... A little heavy to carry to school. Well, yeah, it was. Luckily, there were tubas provided for us at school that were dinged up and smiley but it was still fine we we had a brass band and an orchestra and a choir at school and then the local area had a, a county youth orchestra and brass band and when i was in my mid to late teens i was so involved in that i really was um and i hadn't really planned to do music at university it wasn't something that was on my radar until i i got into the equivalent of year 11 and 12 and got in with a crowd who were serious about music and i'd I suddenly started regarding it as something that I could go and study. And my, I remember my mum saying to me when I was, when it was time to choose what I would study at university, she, I, I always was driven by a sense of obligation or, or I was thinking to the future and what would be the most sensible thing to study is something practical with an outcome. 
and mum said to me, what do you enjoy the most at school? What If you're standing outside a classroom, what is the, the subject that you most look forward to going into that classroom? And there was no doubt that it was music. Um, so that's I ended up going to Nottingham University and and studying music at uni, not not from a performance point of view, but um, just studying it academically, the history of it, everything from early early music from you know the tenth or eleventh century to to jazz and to film music, and it was such a great time, it really was. And um, and I ended up I was lucky enough to work in the Grove Dictionary of Music as my first job out of university, and that was just circumstances led to that that one of my lecturers at Nottingham was the editor of it. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> and that's it. And it's funny you asked what about music sustains me today. It's um it's something I went away from and came back to because I, I worked away from music for a while. When I moved to Australia at first, I worked briefly for the ABC and then I was a TAFE lecturer in in radio. But I didn't really touch the musical world I'll, Although I played in a brass band in WA, I didn't really, it wasn't my career until I moved back to ABC Classic in 2015, I think. And it's great to come back home. It's it's great to, it's great to have this music with which I've got such a personal connection. A lot of it I've got a personal collection, connection with. It's great to have the opportunity to work with it. And, you know, the opportunity to share it with so many people like yourself, God, I mean, it doesn't go without, it goes without saying how fantastic that is and how privileged I feel to be able to do that and to be able to introduce people to music, to be able to interact with musicians and interview them and present concerts. It's it's like a dream come true. It really is. You mentioned that you moved to uh, Australia, to Perth from the UK. That's long distance geographically and, and culturally. <laughs> <laughs> what culture shock or at least culture stress did that move bring? It was it was stressful leaving my parents and my sisters behind. I'm very close to them. I remember the night that my parents dropped me and my then wife off at Heathrow Airport in a hotel and, and just how empty and I felt like I made a big mistake. Mm. I really did. And but I mean Perth's such a wonderful place and it's like absolute fairyland from the point of view of um uh, somebody from the UK. I mean, and anywhere in Australia is, but particularly WA, turning up in this place with pristine air and beaches and bushland and sunshine um, was was incredible. So it was a cultural shock in a good way. There's a lot of similarity between life here and life in the UK, more than you'd think. Um, you know, we in Australia we like cups of tea and <laughs> cakes and. We whinge a lot. We talk about the weather, but but there was some completely different aspects of life that that were wonderful to me, like the the positivity of Australian people, the um, the fact that everybody's pretty much everybody's active, um, so many more than are in the UK. Um, people play sports and want to be outdoors and enjoy enjoy themselves it's it's so much more of the culture here than it is in the uk a, t a typical dad in perth will probably be off with his kids at the beach in the morning surfing nippers or whatever in the uk you probably like begrudgingly take them to the supermarket and, and that's it sit in a traffic jam it's a marmalade <laughs> it is and i mean australia is such a wonderful place i mean you've come here yourself haven't you it's um yep. it's such a there's, there's a lot that I would change about Australia. I would um, 
but it's not for me to say I'm an outsider but I would change how we view foreigners and particularly people who want to come and live here I would change um, our, our attitude to Indigenous Australia and, and I, would, I wish that more people were more accepting of this wonderful cultural heritage that we have right here outside our front door that we, we a lot of people ignore We'll be back with more from Russell Torrance next week. Don't miss this one. Every week we read from the number one bestseller of nonfiction of all time, what's called the Bible. Today from 1 Chronicles 15, then King David spoke to the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their relatives, the singers, with instruments of music, harps, lyres, loud sounding cymbals to raise sounds of joy. What do you think about all this? Write me on bobmendo at aol.com or comment or even video to me on Instagram or Twitter at bobsyourunclepc. I'd love to know what you think about all this. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and share our podcast with your mates, your friends, your enemies, everyone. Thanks for helping us get known out there. Also, please follow or subscribe to the podcast and hit like if you can. We can use all the good speak we can get. Don't forget to book all your travel needs with Amanda McGinnis at travelpartners.com.au. Next week, you'll hear the second part of this two-part series with Russell Torrance. You won't want to miss any of what he has to say. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelson, when things seem bleak or uncertain... Look up to God. He's in his heaven. And Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney.